I'll tell you some of the movies that I've seen since we last yeah. were together. I think I had seen... Uh, hold on. I'll just back up a little bit. Uh, Body of Lies, Ooh. which is the 2008 Ridley Scott movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. About, oh. A, mm. about a false flag that the CIA does. What? <laughs> like a false flag terrorist attack. What? <laughs> Didn't know a, that was where they were going with it. You made a movie about that? Ridley Scott did that? Yeah. Wait, who's it star? Leonardo DiCaprio in what? 2008. So right before... Right in between Shutter Island. The Departed and Shutter Island. He made Body of Lies, directed by Ridley Scott. I'd never heard of it. What? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. And I feel like that's something I should know. Yeah. Do we just dig up like a... <laughs> are we in a parallel universe where that didn't exist and now we're in the one where it yeah. does? Yeah. Uh, Russell Crowe is the other main guy. Okay, see, that makes more sense. Yeah, that he would have been in something that nobody cares about. But Oscar Isaac. I was just going to say because Ridley Scott was doing a lot of stuff with Russell Crowe in the 2000s. Oh, yeah. Gladiator, A Beautiful Mind. Is that him? No, that's Ron Howard. Oh, they did the. A Good Year. Didn't they do the Robin Hood one? Yeah, the Robin Hood one. Yeah. I love bringing up A Good Year because no one knows what it is. Which one? I don't remember it. Russell Crowe buys a winery. (laughs) Wow, no. And And Ridley Scott directed it. Never heard of that. Yeah. Wow. It exists. I've never seen it. It's kind of this mythic mountain of a movie where I think I want to watch it, but I never will. Mm -hmm. I know it exists out there, and that's good enough for me. Yeah. Body of Lies was... It was interesting because Leonardo DiCaprio's character is, like, kind of patriotic. Yeah. And he's kind of balanced against these other people who are, like, making the American foreign policy decisions that are being made in the Middle East out to have a lot of negative consequences for a lot of people. Okay. And which is I think a good thing for people to think about. Sure. But then it goes into the, the yeah, the CIA doing a false flag terrorist attack in the Middle East in order to like they like pin it on this guy who they like kind of made up. Yeah. They, like they picked just some random guy and like made it look like he did it so that this other terrorist would reach out to that fake guy. And they could get him. So I, it was like, boy, kind of bad for society to just make everyone think that false flags are happening a lot. I think I've seen that movie. <laughs> Maybe. And I remembered nothing of it. I yeah. didn't even remember it existed. I forgot Russell Crowe was in it, and I saw it three weeks ago. Thank you so much. 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 I also saw Sicario 2. Oh, I didn't. Was it good? It was a pretty solid. It wasn't like, eh, I don't know. It wasn't necessary, but I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Emily Blunt's not in it, right? Nope. And that's actually part of it is that it's a further descent into madness, sort of. Uh-huh. Because the first one, like, Emily Blunt was our character that we followed. Uh-huh. And in this one, she's not. You know, it's basically just Josh Brolin has to get, has to basically start a war among the cartels. Uh-huh. By kidnapping one of the one of the guys who runs the cartel, kidnapping his daughter, and hiring Benicio del Toro to do it. Okay. And they stage a kidnapping, and then stage that they're going to release her, mm-hmm. like that they found her, that one of the other cartels kidnapped her, and they're going to release her in Mexico, and it all goes wrong. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. it's pretty cool. Did it seem to be like? Did they have some kind of, some kind of like narrative replacement for what Emily Blunt was in the first movie? Nope. No, it's kind of just... No the, no window into what should be the right thing to do. Yeah. Well, that's weird. I mean, I, probably it's cool. I don't know. but that's Like I, I said, would, it's not yeah. necessary to have the movie, but it's not it's terrible. Pretty unusual way to 
probably frame a sequel. Let's bring back all the villains and just kind roll of with it. Well, but would you say that Benicio del Toro's character was a villain? Oh uh, yeah, I, I mean Josh Brolin's character is the villain, yeah. right? Yeah, villain. I mean yeah. he's he's a representation of Americanism mm-hmm. that is is kind of the we'll torture people because we need to get yeah. stuff done because ultimately we think we're right well he's the antagonist point of view to emily blunt i suppose yeah i mean ultimately the because the cartels are faceless uh-huh yeah and benicio del toro is sort of the anti-hero yeah it's not really about them versus the cartel it's about these different people's it's about three different perspectives views, yeah. and which one is going to win it is interesting because it's still very much a Taylor Shared movie. He uh-huh. wrote it. I don't know if you're familiar with all yeah. Taylor Shared and stuff. He's he did cool. Sicario and Sicario Two and Wind River, right? Wind River and Hell or High Water. Yep, those are cool. So four for four, honestly. Well, three and a half for four. Mm-hmm. Sicario Two is. I don't know. I still enjoyed it though. Yeah. That's the thing. It's still a very compelling movie, even if it's not as good as Sicario. Yeah. Hell or High Water is fantastic. Mm-hmm. He does a really good job. I was reading an article this week about him, about how he's very good at finding a community that is very small and insulated and seeing what happens when you bring in an outsider in there to like mess with it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what happens in all of these. And it's very fascinating. Yeah, I suppose it kind of is. Because, yeah, Wind River, it's kind of... Wind River, uh, especially in Hell or High Water also. Yeah. Hell or High Water is all about the financial crash ruining a bunch of people's lives oh yeah i suppose and then a sheriff kind of coming in to try and stop these two brothers from stealing money from the banks that they owe Mm -hmm. the farm to basically or the ranch to kind of a cool setup it's a great setup the i thought wind river was a cool one too yeah and that one's like an fbi agent coming to the reservation and they need to solve a murder and like they need to kind of rely on the locals to help them figure out what's going on yeah kind of cool also that one was a lot of surprising moments in it Mm -hmm. that i don't know like i see enough movies and i start to feel like you're talking about wind river yeah yeah i see enough movies and i start to feel like i kind of know what's going to happen a lot of the time yeah and then when that doesn't happen it's awesome (laughs) so like why i liked sicario too uh even though there was some stuff where you're like okay Uh that'll probably happen they do such a good job of setting up how weird all this is Uh uh-huh essentially the set up a kidnapping and then pretend that you foiled the kidnapping yeah yeah without the person you're kidnapping knowing that's what's going on yeah that uh that just throws you off so much that the rest of the movie you're catching up kind of honestly i'm being confused enough by you explaining it to me that it feels like not a spoiler so imagine (laughs) imagine if somebody kidnapped you yeah and they put a bag over your head yep and then they just drove you for a long time yeah and then they locked you in a bathroom, uh-huh. and then they staged someone saving you. Ah. But the people that saved you were the people who kidnapped oh. you in the first place. <laughs> Got it, yes. It's great. That is a good one. Yeah, very cool. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I think that, you said his name with Taylor Sheridan, right? Yeah. I don't know. I think he's got a good way of framing these like larger problems yeah. and how they affect individual people. Well, people that you seem like you would know. Yeah. Even like in Hell or High Water, like they seemed like pretty normal dudes. Yeah. And and it kind of put them in a very extreme scenario in terms of what they're willing to do. Mm -hmm. But in terms of how they got there, you could totally see that being plausible. Of course. And it, I think it makes... Well, even the things they do in the movie in Hell or High Water seem reasonable. Yeah. Like this is how you would rob a bank, basically. Yeah. You'd be very prepared... 
you'd only do these specific branches. Mm-hmm. You would every time you got done with one, you'd take the old junker car that you bought just for this, and you'd bury it out in the desert. Yeah. Well, and it takes the parts of movies that are frequently kind of glossed over mm-hmm. and actually makes them seem like real obstacles. Yeah, totally. And not in a way that feels dumb. Even like in Wind River, there's, I feel like there's one part, I can't remember the exact details, but it's basically them needing to like drive somewhere. And like yeah. there's a huge storm, like a blizzard or whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, if you were trying to get to where a dead body was on a mountain in the middle of Wyoming... That actually takes work. Yeah. And it... it they, you gotta hike. Yeah. And it doesn't lessen the scope of the movie mm-hmm. to focus on problems that would typically be seen as smaller problems. Yeah. And it makes everything seem a little realer, probably. It does. And that's why those movies do seem real, even if they're completely absurd. Mm-hmm. And they shoot them in a way... I just think of Hell or High Water. Feels so hot. Yeah. And actually, Sicario does, too. Those and both feel really directed, hot. Wind River feels very cold. Yeah. And I think of those, only Wind River was actually directed by Taylor Sheridan, right? Yes. But... Sicario's uh, Denis... Oh, yeah. Uh, Villeneuve, I yeah, think. Yeah, the French guy <laughs> who did Arrival De- and Dennis Blade Runner. Villeneuve, if you're, yeah. <laughs> if you're not French. Yep. Um, and then the second one, I don't know who did that. Yeah, I don't know. Hell or High Water, I don't remember who did that either, but... You can write stuff into scripts, though, that yeah. tips them off of how to... You know, make it feel... For sure. A certain way. And they do, he does a good job with that. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, I watched The Departed for the first time in, you know, like eight years or something. Oh, yeah. And still good, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but early on in the movie, there's like a montage where Leonardo DiCaprio goes to prison to prove he's not a cop. Oh, yeah. You know, he is a cop. Yep. And they play that one song that's really annoying about... Jibbing up to yeah. Boston. Oh. <laughs> The song that's about being Irish in Boston. Yeah. And the uh, song is terrible. Great, great song. <laughs> it's been just so... It was, And that's the thing. So I was watching it with Lydia. I haven't listened to it for as long as I haven't watched The Departed, which is yeah. to say probably 2006. Yeah. So we're watching the movie and, and the song comes on and Lydia's kind of just like, uh, I'm like, okay, hold on. You got to give the movie a break here because this came out in like 2006. And it probably had... The song... Probably had not been overdone yet. Yeah. And it probably didn't feel I like I can guarantee huge... you that it hadn't. It was revelationary when that happened. Yeah, it probably didn't seem like a joke. It was cool. <laughs> yeah. Because it was like, ah, Boston. <laughs> Before we knew that Boston was lame. Yeah. This was uh, pre-Boston strong, so it yeah. was actually somewhat cool still. Although the Red Sox had won the World Series, so the sports fans were insufferable immediately. All sports fans are insufferable. Nah, they like sports. <laughs> Enough yeah. to care every week about who wins. <laughs> we need to do sports movies. We did Mighty Ducks. Well, I was going to say specifically to find which sports movies you like and why. As a person who doesn't like sports. Yeah, okay. I think that'd be good. Have you ever seen Slapshot? No, I think I'd like that. Slapshot's so funny. Uh, <laughs> I'm into that. Is it? Is it? I mean, it's, I know it's a comedy, but what type of comedy is it? Kind of hard to describe. Have you seen the one where the with the uh, Cleveland Indians where they like Major League? Major League. You've seen Major League? Yes. It's a little I bit do like, like Major League. It's a little bit like Major League in the sense where they I'm have sold. like a terrible team. Yeah. And like the own there, it's like them against the owner kind of. Nice. Well, it's I a mean, very similar. Thing I like that. those type of movies. And in Slapshot, one of the best things in Slapshot is they 
add to the team this trio of brothers. Oh, I've heard of this. Who are very close in age. They're like 17, 18, and 19 They're all super dorky and they wear they're these big glasses. huge dorks, but they're also extremely violent in hockey. And then that gets everyone <laughs> to come to the games, And right? they start to basically find out that if they turn the game of hockey into a joke, they get a lot of fans. Nice. <laughs> Okay, so this sounds great. It's that awesome. That sounds like the type and of sports movie I would like, like. old Paul Newman, Yeah, who I love. Paul Newman's maybe my favorite actor ever. Is he the coach? He is the player coach. Ah, fun. He, so he's like this old man who should have retired. But he likes it but too But he much. just, he keeps going. Loves the game. He can't quit. And, uh... Okay, I gotta see that. Yeah, um, what's grizzly. another... Well, that's the thing is, I realized, I just don't have time for this. People yeah. have been tweeting about the World Cup the last two weeks, oh, and yeah. I'm just in hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why does anyone care about this? Yeah. The World Cup baffles me because... Sorry, I'm going to get into a side rant about how yeah. dumb the World Cup is. That's fine. Somebody <laughs> tweeted about how Germany's won six times, and Great Britain's only won twice or whatever. Yeah, but if it's anything that wasn't, in, wasn't past 2010... Who cares? They're <laughs> yeah. all different people. <laughs> yeah. Not a single person saw any of those. Yeah, especially since it happens every four years. Yes. It's like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, literally, like, every, like, three World Cups, it's entirely different groups of people. Right, totally. And on an organizational level. Different Absolutely. coaches and managers at that yeah. point. The only thing you're supporting is that one country, like, 70 years ago, <laughs> was better at soccer than your country, and you're yeah. mad about it? It makes no sense. It's... Absolutely insane. It's also, like saying I'm, like yeah. like you're cheering for people in like proxy wars. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically that, right? Which I think that's the best part of it is that if you... Okay, like if you don't like sports teams in America, like regional ones or whatever, yeah. it's dumb in the sense that you can be like, oh, like my local billionaire is better at running a sports team than your local billionaire. Right, but right. But with countries, it's even worse because it's mm-hmm. like basically nationalists. Because <laughs> another thing happened this week that I did like about sports, yeah, which is that... LeBron went to the Lakers, mm-hmm. and everyone got so mad. Yeah, it's funny when people get mad about sports. That's the only thing that's good about <laughs> sports is yeah. that when someone who is a big deal in sports yeah. does something that everyone can get mad about. Yeah. Because it's perfect because it's like, of course he's going to do something that's best for him. He got, what, $160 million or something like Why that? Why would I got the same amount of money basically anywhere? But he's, go- he's going, bringing it back to movies, he's going to the Lakers so he can go make Space Jam 2. Yeah! See? Yeah. That's so. great. And <laughs> totally. And By the way, he used I to am, live in LA instead of Cleveland. I am depressed about LeBron going to the Lakers, but it doesn't Why? matter. It's a long story. Okay. I love LeBron and I hate the Lakers, right. basically. Oh. Well see that's the thing. Who cares if you hate the Lakers? <laughs> yeah. What when was the last time you the Lakers that's the did thing. something to you? Yeah, like five years ago. Right. It's been a while. Who are who's still on the team that was there five Nobody. years ago? Yeah. Exactly. No, but the Lakers fans are all still around, and they're very smug. Ah, <laughs> so I think sports. We get to the true root of here's it. Here's what sports is: you pick a team when you're like 13. Yeah. Largely, usually it's because of where you grew up. A lot of times it's because of just random who was good at the time when you were 13 or whatever. Yeah. Some place where you're a player that you like to move, and then from then on, it's just like piles of like spite and just like hating. A guy because he played a team that you liked because they played a team that you hated because yep. they played your favorite team. And a it's bunch super of conflict. and his, yeah. a bunch of remembering history. Yeah, you got to make an and argument that, about like how your favorite player is like better than some other people's favorite player because the, of things that involve neither of them. Like how I'm familiar with 
uh, how everyone hates Manu Ginobili because... Mm-hmm. Specifically me and Ross. Yeah, because you guys love the Suns. <laughs> yeah. And back in 2006, the Suns were robbed in a game. Yeah. And they could have won the championship or yep. whatever. Yep. It's but, a whole and thing. And that's the thing, is that like no one on the Suns on that team is still on the Suns today. Nope. All different people. Literally none. Yep. But that will always make you still a fan of the Suns because you'll be like, they almost did it. Well, I was already a fan. That's why I care about. Yeah, that. but they you were also it. a fan also because our grandparents yeah. moved to Arizona. It's completely and in arbitrary. 1992. It's completely arbitrary. Charles Barkley brought him to the finals, and they lost to the Bulls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that's the thing. There's no logic to it. No, you do it because it's fun. I know. You know. I just don't get any fun out of yeah. it either. Well, and that's I why I think it'd be good to see what especially soccer is. That's really why I think it'd be fun to, to see what sports movies you would like. So, for example, Hoosiers. You're not going to like Hoosiers. Nope, you're right. You have to be super... You have to like, uh, think that teams the, are cool. Yeah, yeah, you have to be romantic about sports to like Hoosiers at all. Yeah. Also, side note, in Hoosiers... Yeah. It, so Hoosiers is based on I a like, real thing. I like Gene Hackman. Yeah, he's cool. So Hoosiers is based on real events. Okay, yeah. Uh, and it was pretty cool for this small town team in Indiana to win the state championship. Because in sure. Indiana, the whole state is in one class yeah. in basketball. Right. But... What they don't talk about in there is the team that they beat was like the first, I, don't, I can't remember the exact details, but it was like the first integrated high school in Indiana or something like that. <laughs> and it's like, ugh, that, like, that happens in sports movies a lot. Yeah. I don't know if you saw Friday Night Lights. Yeah. The real school in Friday Night Lights is like this powerhouse team that everybody hated. Yeah, for sure. And the team that they played and lost to was like... The first black school to win the championship at that level or so something. So their story was equally interesting, if not more so. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, I can't, and I can't remember the exact details on that either. Yeah. But it was just like this very obvious, it's like they got the David and Goliath situation reversed, basically. Mm-hmm. And it was like, the everybody's like being really sympathetic to like the completely culturally dominant team. Yeah. <laughs> just because of how it got framed later. Oh, man. Oh, also, in Remember the Titans, it basically didn't go down like that at all. I thought about Remember the Titans, actually. Yeah. Which is, I I liked that movie when I was a teenager. Same. But apparently, that's just, like, not how it went down. And they had already been together for a couple years before this other coach came in. Yeah. And essentially, they combined two schools that were already so good that everybody in the rest of the state was so mad. And they basically couldn't have lost. (laughs) So they were basically the Heat, the Miami Heat, and kind then of. they were, and then they were the Golden State Warriors. It was like if the Heat and the Warriors got combined, <laughs> and everybody was super mad for years. Like they had to take that team and move them around to different regions, yeah, so that all of the schools weren't bitter. Yeah, like all right, now you guys get to create crushed by them yep. for a while. Now yep. you do, and basically the coach, the coach, kind of used the success of the team to just like coast for decades on like making speeches that like oh he was like a professional speaker yeah he kind of became a motivational speaker and he wasn't really even that like because the obviously it's a lot of race issues and apparently he was just like not really that progressive even for the time on a lot of that kind of stuff That's another one where I don't remember all the details, so I probably botched it horribly. No, I think you gave it exactly what it needs, yeah. which is to say that all sports movies are lies. They are, kind Other of. than the big green 
and <laughs> maybe Mighty Ducks. Yeah. So Mighty Ducks thing. is probably built on lies, too. Did you see how they got from one part of Minneapolis I know to the other part of Minneapolis I know by rollerblading? But that's the thing about the sports versus the sports movies. Yeah. Is that they all need to make them more contrived and more kind of wrapped in like a storybook thing yeah. to even make a movie about them because real life sports are way more complicated right. than what they would ever put in an hour like and a half why, movie for a wide audience. That's like why the Pistol Pete movie is so good because it ends with he made it to college then he died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't even get into like he, I mean they basically say at the end like he got into the NBA His for NBA a career seasons. was a mess. He died early. That's the thing. His like they have to skip a bunch of stuff about how bad things the, went for him. And the Pistol Pete story is way more interesting that because in the movie it ends with him as a freshman in high school, right? And in real life, it was all this crazy. St- and also, his dad was like a coaching genius. They don't yeah. get into that. His dad was one of the smartest coaches in the country. Wow. And like other like D one coaches would like call him to like ask advice. For like, actually, so John Wooden, most successful college coach of all time, probably. Okay. Called Pete Maravich's dad when they signed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> the most successful college athlete of all time, probably. Wow. Yeah. To figure out what, how do I fit this guy into my program? That's incredible. And so like, Pete Maravich, his whole career ended up being these groups who need the entertainment value that Pete Maravich, that only Pete Maravich could bring. Yeah. And he ended up in all these awful losing basketball situations. Was he on the Milwaukee Bucks for a while? He went to the Atlanta Hawks, which was a brand new team. Oh, yeah. And they basically were... And then he went to the Utah Jazz. This is the best one, I think. Okay. Or it was the, the New Orleans Jazz at that point. Yeah. The New Orleans Jazz, here was their strategy. They said, okay, we're going to play basketball in the Superdome, where they play football. Nice. Uh, which holds like 50,000 people. I'm into it. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to charge like really cheap tickets... And we'll just fill the Superdome with these people who want to see Pete Maravich. And it'll be like, they had like a marching, like a, not like a marching band, but like a band in the stadium. Like a New Orleans type of band. Like a New Orleans band, yeah. Yeah. And like, they were, let's just make it a party. And it all that sounds hinged, awesome. Yeah, and it all hinged. That sounds on, like the only way that basketball would be interesting to yeah. watch for a full game. And it all hinged on getting Pete Maravich because he played basketball at he played college at LSU. Oh, cool! And so he was like a local hero. Yeah. Plus, he was white. Oh. And he was fantastic. And people, you know, that's a thing, right? I suppose. so. And so, like, especially back then, people were like, got really excited whenever there was a really good white player. Sure. And so they were all racist and they were yeah, all sticking it to the yeah. the powers that be in basketball a little, in a and, weird and also, racist way. And also because of who had money. So like when you went to the Hawks, yeah. they were like, Okay, we need to basically justify like the location of where the stadium is and we need mm-hmm. to get like uh, we need to be able to sell like floor tickets and luxury boxes and stuff. And so they needed to get the richer people in Atlanta, and a lot of them were white. Yeah. So they basically drafted him into a brand new team with nobody good because they were the only team that would pay that much for him. Yeah. So they just used him and just, yeah, it was kind of tragic. Wow. So that would have been, I think that's a way more complicated movie, more complicated movie than what families would probably want to see. But it'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. I think that's more interesting. So that's why best sports movie ever is Hoop Dreams because it's a documentary. Okay. Two kids. Going their way through high school at a like boarding basketball factory high school. Yeah, and so you they, do love this movie. They this get is recruited. Your documentary yeah, of they get time. recruited as eighth graders, and it's the best kind of documentary, which is one where the person who's making the movie doesn't know what they're making. 
Yeah. You know, because it's stuff that's happening in real time. So it kind of afterward, it turns out that he accidentally was there to film the perfect story. Is that a good way to describe kind it? Kind of. I think what's perfect about it is that it's real life. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I think... That essentially you get a perfect... I don't, I don't know if it's a contrast mm-hmm. or not, but that you get a, a perfect shot at how two people went in very maybe different directions. Yeah, and it turned out so differently for the two of them. That's cool. And even how in a movie like that you can get invested in it so yeah. much yep. because you know this is a real kid. Yeah. You know, like you're obviously not going to have looked it up ahead of time because, you know, why would you? Yeah. To know where they went with it. But it's like these are like real children yeah and like all this crazy stuff is happening to them that's totally beyond their control and like could lead to them had their lives going in totally different directions and literally anything can happen you know like you the movie would have still gotten made no matter what happened to these two kids Mm -hmm. you know yeah so there's no part of in the back of your head that's like oh well they're the good guys they're gonna win yeah and that's part of why i like sports anyway sure is that well that's even friday night lights I think there's a reason why Friday Night Lights is one of the sports movies that a lot of people who... Don't it doesn't matter whether you like sports. A lot of people yeah. love it. And I think the reason for that is because they lose. Yeah. And spoilers, it like, for spoilers for 2004 Friday Night Lights. Movie. The, but, yeah. it's, uh, but like that's the thing that most movies aimed at kids or families never do. Yeah. They, they never end with losing. the good guy dying. That's actually... I know I... We had an episode about this, basically. Mm-hmm. But that's why I like I, Tanya so much. Mm-hmm. For two reasons. One, it's about an individual and not a team. Because yeah. I don't care about teams. Yeah. yeah. And two, it's so awesome because it's about how bitter she is that she was the first person to ever do a triple... Mm-hmm. Triple tri- axel. And she goes into such detail about how she did it and how she was this natural talent. Mm-hmm. And her whole career got messed up by... Things that she thinks were outside of her control. Yeah. And she's just bitter. Just so bitter. And it's her doing the greatest thing in the world for one second. Yeah. And everything past that is her trying to regain that feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That one second feeling. Yeah. It's so good. Like that's actual true. I mean, that's sports too. That's sports. That's competitive. Absolutely. But it's such a pure distillation. Yeah. That we get to see someone who was good once. Yeah. And then forever was tainted with being good. Yeah. Well, Well, and could have been better. Yeah. Even when you talk about the individual part versus the team part. Yeah. That is one thing with team sports. That's, I think, why I would like Hoop Dreams because it's about these two individuals. With team sports movies, it's so easy for them to fall into the black hole that is, oh, let's just make this about teamwork and that's it. Yeah. And not make it about anything else. Like, I, Tanya, it's about her, but it's also about, you know, the class, things that she deals with and all that. Right, And that's also why boxing movies are awesome. Yeah. Because there's a lot of good documentaries with boxing and also just good movies in general because it hinges all on this one person. Yep. And what they're willing to give up or do or whatever. Yeah. And it's incredibly violent. They're like risking their lives. Yeah. They're risking their lives, which is automatic drama. All right. Here's my new mission, apparently. I'm just, I'm going to reveal something. (laughs) Yeah. I've never seen a Rocky movie. Ooh. Any of them at all. Never seen Rocky one, two, three, four. Uh, is the fifth Rocky one called Rocky Balboa? Or is that the sixth one? I'm, I'm mixing it up with the, um, and then there's Creed. Or no, yeah, Creed. I'm mixing up with the Rambo movies because John Rambo is one of the the later version of that. Yeah, so the Rambo movies are First Blood, First Blood Part, Rambo, First Blood Part Two. Yeah, Rambo. Yeah, 
And then John Rambo. They kind of mixed up the naming conventions for a lot of They really but did. But I've seen Rocky and Creed, and that's it. Okay. And... So you can't go see Creed 2 because the whole... That hinges on... Uh, oh, is it about his dad or whatever? No, he's fighting Drago's son. Oh. <laughs> I've seen... I know enough of the later Rocky movies that I think yeah, I could probably, you could probably wrap my brain around it. Figure it out. Um, Who I, ends up killing... That's all. Creed? Then, okay, so Rocky, Apollo Creed is uh, it, Ivan Drago. Does. Is it Drago? Yeah. Okay, because pretty sure. Can we just go over it for a guy who's never seen him? Yeah, and I already know all the twists basically. Yeah, so the, I don't feel like I. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably watch the first one someday. I'll, I'll get a quick add about the first one. He also loses in the first one. That's yes, the I was deal. just gonna say. Yeah, that's, which is also why it's such a good big yeah, deal. You know, in the so he loses to Apollo Creed in the first one. Uh-huh. He w- beats Apollo Creed in the second one. Probably I don't. The third one's Mr. T. Who is it? Yeah. The fourth one is Ivan Drago. Uh-huh. The fifth one, no one saw. <laughs> and then the sixth one is Creed, Creed right? Creed is cool. It didn't like blow my mind or anything, but yeah, it was pretty good. cool. Cool. If I was going to... There's a lot of boxing and like fight movies. Yeah. But I think the coolest one is the documentary about Joe, Joe Frazier and... Muhammad Ali. Of course, you're gonna say the documentary is the best. Thing. Oh, of course, I'm gonna, <laughs> because they're never gonna they're never gonna tackle all this stuff that they tackle in documentary in a regular movie. Because it's like a lot of it ends up being about how so Muhammad Ali wins the title, goes to prison for dodging the draft. Right during that time, Joe Frazier becomes the boxing champion. Mm-hmm. So when Ali gets out of prison, he makes this whole thing about how Joe Frazier is like the champion of basically white America. Oh. He's like the boxing writer's He's like the boxing Uncle Tom, kind of, is what he was trying to say? Yeah, he literally said that Oh, wow. Yeah. He called him an Uncle Tom, I'm pretty sure, a lot. Yeah. And But the crazy part was, you know, well, obviously Joe Frazier's black. Right. But then also, his experience growing up was like quite a bit closer to... What Muhammad Ali was trying to ape? Yeah. What he was Sorry, trying, it's a bad. Yeah. What Muhammad Ali was trying to portray for portray. himself. Yeah, and so uh, that's a whole separate thing of like it would be hard to say which one of them would be better for that quote True. unquote. But it's like, and they, then you get into class, which is a whole other thing. Yeah. Then you're talking intersectional politics instead of yeah. boxing. Yeah. What's that about? So anyway, so Joe Frazier absolutely should not have had to take that from Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And Muhammad Ali went way too far with it. Yeah. And everybody loved him for it. So weird. Yeah, which is crazy. And so, the, so talk about Rocky. So there's a Rocky statue in Philadelphia right. because of the fictional Joe Frazier is from Philadelphia, <laughs> and he was the heavyweight boxing champion of the world in real life. What year? Uh, late sixties. So ten years after Early. Rocky or whatever, or ten years before Rocky. Yeah, there's not a Joe Frazier statue. That's in Philadelphia. That's something else. It's insane. Like uh, I and said, like, sports fans are stupid. Yeah, and it's like, well, that's that's movie fans. You gotta get. Uh, oh, that's Philadelphia. You're right. Philadelphia's Philadelphia. It's all another thing. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sports fans. Sorry, you're Phil- not stupid. Sorry, Philadelphia. <laughs> I don't know if you're stupid. I've never met you. Oh, I don't have any. <laughs> yeah. skin in that game. Yeah, but anyway, it's like the story of Joe, F- and it has an ending that is also very complex and interesting between the two of them. Sure. So it's like. No spoilers for no this spoilers. 40 years old for, real life For a real thing. life event that happened. And it's like, it's fascinating. I think it's a situation where truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah. I think that's genuinely true. I think if you would if you would have put the third fight between Ali and Frazier in a movie, yeah. everyone would have been like, wow, good one. <laughs> like, it would have seemed 
way too weird. Okay, you can just tell me who wins. So basically, they. I'm never gonna watch this. They both they both won one fight between yeah. the two of them. Yep. Third fight, they do it in Manila, Philippines. Yeah, the it's thrill in Manila. Incredibly hot. They have this fight. They get to the end, and plot twist. Joe Frazier has been blind in one eye for his entire adult life. The only person in the entire world who he told was his trainer, because if it got out, his opponents would hit him in his only good eye all the time, yeah. and his eye would swell shut, and he would be totally blind. Wow. So, uh, That's insane. That, so that happened in this fight, mm-hmm. incidentally. It wasn't on purpose. It just yeah, happened. it's boxing. So he's totally blind. He was willing to continue. Yeah. As a t- completely blind boxer. Incredible. His trainer didn't let him because he had had a former fighter die in the ring. Okay. And he was worried that that would happen, that yeah. he would just take a blow to the head that he didn't see coming so hard that he would die. Sure. So his trainer didn't let him get off the stool, come out of his corner yeah. for like the 12th round or whatever. So he forfeits. Muhammad Ali basically later said he couldn't get up. <laughs> He couldn't get off the stool. So basically, so Joe Frazier just would have had to stand Joe up. Fra- he would have had to stand up and he would have won. Uh, but his coach didn't let him because he was sucks. worried that he was going to die. That's incredible. And Joe Frazier was willing to die to beat Muhammad Ali at boxing. Which is why Joe Frazier is the man. Which is why Joe Frazier is the man. <laughs> and so, like, that, you know, imagine that being in a movie. That would seem over the top and unbelievable. Speaking of uh, people dying in the ring, yeah. I remember another sports movie I like, mm-hmm. Million Dollar Baby. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty good one. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Somebody dies in the ring at the yeah. end. I wasn't as crazy about that one. I don't Still, know why. It's good era. Uh, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood directing. Yeah. And Hilary Swank is great. Yeah, Hilary Swank is awesome. That's true. So you got that going for yeah. you, which is nice. I can't remember. Oh, there we go. That's my that's my favorite one, Caddyshack. Ah, see, I think Caddyshack is kind of corny. It's more sports than anything. Yeah. Yeah, you never liked Caddyshack. <laughs> no. But I basically, I want a sports movie that does not care about sports. So I want a not non-sports movie. You got to see Slapshot. Yeah, I will. Goon is actually also very funny. I've seen Goon. It's pretty decent. Goon's funny. Not quite as good as I was hoping for more, maybe. Yeah. But I think it's just that the cast is like... Those are people I kind of find funny. Mm-hmm. Jay Baruchel, uh, Sean yeah. William Scott. Yeah, I can it's see, like yeah. wow, you guys are like right in the middling range of like I'll never <laughs> laugh really hard. Yeah, but I'll always kind of smirk a little bit. Yeah, give me an assignment for which movies I gotta watch. Slapshot. Hoop Dreams Rocky, is like three hours long. Hoop Dreams. Uh, I mean, I love it. But Eventually, if don't I feel a lot of if pressure. I was ever gonna get to sports movies, give me my three. Slapshot, Hoop Dreams. Do I need to see Rocky, or is there another one? I'm sure I'll come up with one later. Okay. That's really good. The Big Green again. <laughs> Watch The Big Green again. Mm-hmm.